Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. In this episode, Patrick gives us some examples of run-ins he's had with bigger bands, we talk about where we land on pop-punk music, and we interview musicians Dave Velk and Bria Scow out of Minnesota. Make sure to follow them on all the socials and subscribe to their YouTube channels. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Raised on the Radios, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. And now, let's get into the episode. Well, hello there. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of this show. I am Colt Brocado, Patrick Blair, sipping out of that perfect mug. I love that mug so much. Music matters. Raised on the Radio. You know. Anyways, Patrick Blair in Zoom land as usual. And how are you, sir? In a... Great. In this... Not as usual. Well, I mean, you're still in Zoom land. You're just not in the same room. Yeah, so I I, I need to apologize Audio-wise, for the sound, I'm in my foyer, as you so hate it. <laughs> I, I hate that so much. I don't know why. I, so if there's, I just hate that word. It's know, weird. The acoustics are pretty strong in here. And then from my posture, because I am not in a chair, I'm on a bench, so I'm hunched over a little bit. Um, so that's for the video, people watching. My posture is probably pretty terrible. Do you um, really think people are going to be worried about your posture? I'm worried about it. Why do you think I have a bad back? Anyway... Um, so yeah, make those apologies now at the beginning here. My office is destroyed right now. I had a, the bright idea to put a bathroom in my office to which a discovery was made um, to the integrity of my house, the underground pipe, which is sort of like the main pipe. Again, I'm not a plumber, so I don't know the lingo or what exactly it is, but it has a crack in it. So they had to dig up more of the floor. They have to dig up more of the floor today. So my office is covered in dust and drywall and That's a insulation. Good, it's a good lucky find, though, right? It was a great lucky find. I saved myself about $40,000, I believe. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with saving money. <laughs> See, the same kind of situation happened with some friends of mine not too long ago, and we actually caught it because we wanted to watch the fights. So I was over at his house on a Saturday night. Fights were going to be on. So they're in the process of, of um, they're pretty close to being done with building their house. They uh, yeah. built they built up on a basement home. So they have they're building this big chimney, but that just has the electric fireplace insert into it. You know what I mean? Well, there's a bathroom on the other side of that wall, and the TV is on the mounted up above the fireplace on the wall. So. We actually, we were, the the TV hadn't been hooked up yet, so the only way for us to hook the TV up was to pull that electric fireplace insert out and then gra- and grab the wire behind the wall and plug it in. Well, we did that and found that there was a leak behind the bathroom wall in, yeah, in yeah. behind the chimney. So they, they it, which had happened like when they were, at some point when they were doing something, they screwed a screw in through a pipe. So I don't know if that was a, during drywall or something like that. I don't. I'm not a construction worker, by Somebody any point. Yeah, but regardless, just because we wanted to watch the fights, we caught that. If not, that could have been a major issue down the road. 
So did you, did you write did you write Dana a letter? I should have. Thank I didn't you. think about that. Yeah, that would have been a good idea. So hold on. You just said something. You said you're not a construction worker, but you were sending me uh, pictures of work you're doing on your house. You're doing that, or you hired someone? Uh, I've done the I've done the majority of it, but that is not construction work. That is uh, trial by error the entire way through. Did you YouTube your entire house? Most basically? of it, yes, yes, I did. Yeah. Now flooring, I did. I I've done the flooring before, but it's the easy stuff like the the click. I don't know if you've dealt with it or not, but it's like the uh, the vinyl uh, stuff that you just click together. Yeah, yeah. See, good for you, man. I say I, I I admire anyone who just attempts to do that shit on their own. I don't. Um, here's why. I hate myself too much to let myself fuck up my house. So I get putting it. in floors, but I, dude, I am so critical. I painted my son's room, right? Do you remember that process? Mm -hmm. You're thinking like, how big is this fucking kid's room that you're still painting the room? No, I just kept redoing it because I hated the way that I <laughs> kept doing it. So I kept changing it. I kept redoing it. What What about uh, which, it was the issue? Like. Were you, just me. I hate myself. Were I just, you using? I just kept or, calling myself a bitch. I was just pissed. <laughs> just fucking hated myself every time. I would start. <laughs> I would just get mad at myself. So it was just. It, was, it finally was came down to like my wife was like, "Dude, you gotta stop painting this room. You gotta stop. We eventually have to start moving stuff in here. We got like so he's was gonna it, be here. So soon. was it the same color every time? It was just like you didn't like the way it looked on the walls, or were you just changing the color every time? No, it was the same color every time. I'm an <laughs> that asshole. Makes, that makes it so, so much worse. <laughs> I know. I'm an asshole. Um, so that's why I hire people. Okay, I get it. Now, it just, th look, they're, they're, I know I'm less of a man because I don't I have to pull up, tighten up my belt and go down there and fix it. And look, 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 look. I'm not doing it. I, I'll I'll break something. There, there were Mainly my own skull. There were several things that while going through this house that I was not comfortable with doing. Like uh, we put a couple of barn doors up. You know, I'm talking about the ones that are on the track and they roll forward and backward or in front of the doorway. Sure. Anyways. I didn't know they were called barn doors, but okay. Yeah. Uh, I had several of those put up and I was not willing to do that because those are massive holes that go in your in your wall oh, for, yeah. for a long track. And then on top of that, once you get them up there, they have to be perfectly level. Or you're, of course, it's not going to roll on that track, right? I was no not. Way. No, no way not, in hell I would do no that. There's no possible way I was doing that. If I have to drill holes and then <laughs> be conscious of leveling something, it's going to get fucked up. Now it's going to get fucked now up. Now, I did get pretty... That was kind of nerve-wracking, too, is because we took all the interior doors out and put new interior doors in, which I had never done before. And that's actually a bigger process than you would think because those doors have to be level. And if they're not level, you have to make them level using shim and the insides of the doors. Yeah, that's that. No. I've got. I actually got pretty decent at doing those after the fourteenth door. I'm the guy that walks around Home Depot and someone actually stops what they're doing to ask me, "Sir, do you need help with something?" <laughs> they can tell. They can tell. I stick out like a sort. I stick out, and that's a giant place. And most of the time, the customer service is terrible. You have to go find someone. Right. Usually. Yeah. Not me. Not me. All I need to do is walk around for three minutes and someone's going to go, that fucker is not sure what he's doing. He might not even know he's in Home Depot. Let's go stop and make sure he's <laughs> in the right place. Well, I'll tell you what the most nerve-wracking thing about the entire house was for me. So we got to the kitchen and uh, 
we bought this place from my parents and the wall, the backsplash in the kitchen was all tile and grouted. So we wanted to replace that and put our own backsplash up, but we were going to go with like a wood backsplash. So, cause like a, it's like a rustic Barney theme, whatever, you know, in the woods kind of thing. Uh, but anyways, so my thought was, okay, I can pull all this tile down. I can sand the grout down to the wall enough to where I can nail the wood over the top of it. No big deal, right? No then big I, deal. Then, big deal to me. Then I start taking this tile off, and it's pulling massive chunks of drywall off with it. I didn't know what to do, but I knew that there was no way to get this off, and I'd already started it. I can't just stop now. So we get all the tile off. There's these huge holes in the wall, and now I'm told that what I have to do is cut all of the drywall all the way around the countertop and in the kitchen out. So now I'm seeing the studs in the walls, electrical wiring, all this stuff behind my countertop and I've got to put new drywall in and then put my backsplash up. But I did it and I succeeded and I was very proud of myself. You should be. Because at that point, I'm getting everyone out of the house. I'm grabbing (laughs) some gasoline and a match and I'm, fuck, I'm just, we're, we're getting a new place at that point. It would have made me so upset. I just can't do it. Can't do it. Um, but let's not bore people with uh, home improvement stuff here. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Is... I'm kind of bored already. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, well, I was just worried about the echo in this room. I can tell it's loud. It's okay. Um, We're good. What can you do? But um, did you watch uh, Machine Gun Kelly on Saturday Night Live last night? I didn't. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live. So I didn't watch live. But I did watch. Okay, that's the best thing about YouTube is I knew I could wake up this morning and it would be right there, ready to go on YouTube for me. Um, it was good, and I feel like every prediction I've been making about that guy for the last three months, four months is is happening. So what? Look, what, what about Saturday-, Saturday Night Live? So when I saw on Twitter, uh, you know, Saturday Night, I don't know if it was them that posted it, but so John Krasinski host, okay, hosted host hosted i'm sure everyone knows who that is i don't don't think i need to explain who that is right um and then so they they do like you know how they do like the preview of the episode it's going to be the host the musical guest and then someone from the show right so they did that and i just remember going god that's such a big deal for him to be on saturday night live because look if you're my age if you come from the era of saturday night live when you watched when you actually watched i mean we would I mean, when I was, I would say from the ages of like 12 years old to 18, every Saturday night, if I was somewhere where there was a TV, I'd go, hey, put it on such and such is playing on Saturday Night Live. Wouldn't want necessarily to watch the full show. So it was a big deal for you to be on Saturday Night Live. You know, it was a, if you were a musical artist, it was a big fucking deal. Almost like it still is for a stand-up comedian to host it. You know, Bill Burr did it recently, and he talked about it like it's a fucking dream come true. Like this is what you did. Like if you were like the people that he grew up watching and sort of idolizing or whatever, his heroes, when they hosted Saturday Night Live, it was a huge deal. So the fact that he got to do it, the same thing for me. Well, yeah, Chappelle, so like, didn't Chappelle, Chappelle did it recently, and so did Eddie Murphy, right? Or at least over the past year. Uh, Chappelle did for sure. I don't know about Eddie Murphy. Um, I thought which he, that wouldn't surprise me, but I thought he did because I thought it was right around the time where they were announcing that uh, Netflix was paying him an ungodly amount of money to do a couple of stand-up 
shows. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well. I mean, that would make sense. That would be a good way to promote it. Also, I mean, he's kind of a staple for that show because he was a former former cast member or whatever. Right. Hey, speaking but, of... Uh, I won't get too far off the tracks, but... So, uh, did you ever watch Chappelle's show? Like, were you a, re- a religious follower of the Chappelle show? Or a fan of it at all? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say religious that's strong, but yeah, I watched it. Okay, so... If you so you're talking about musical guests and you're talking about on Saturday Night Live, so it made me think about at the end of all the Chappelle episodes, he would have a musical guest. Do you know, do you remember I don't that? Remember that? You don't? No, I don't remember that at all. So why? No. So you saying that makes me think that you're like me and that you watched the Chappelle show up until about the last two minutes, so you didn't watch the music at the end. Who 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 would he have? I don't remember this at all. Really? Okay. No, who like? Give me an example. I don't like remember. Outcast or something. No, like, I don't remember. I'm gonna have to. I hope. I, I f- hope I'm talking about the right show. I'm pretty sure I am. It had to be. I mean, who? How would you mistake the Chappelle Show for something I else? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking about the ending. God, I hope I'm right. <laughs> I hope that is the Chappelle Show I'm talking about. Are you talking about In Living Color? No, because they would have musical artists on at the end. Because right. I remember Incubus was on it. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And they came up in uh, was it Mad TV or in Living? Oh, it was Mad TV. Sorry, Mad TV would do that. Okay, Sorry. yeah. Okay, maybe in Living Color did it too, but that's way too. God, I'm showing my age. Anyway, <laughs> um, so look for for him to play Saturday Night Live. It's a Saturday. It's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I, I still think it is. Maybe people don't care anymore, but from uh, a pop a pop culture sort of perspective, that's that's insanely. Huge, still. Well, that, that was and, what know, I was going to ask, though. Is it that big of a deal anymore? Is Saturday Night Live what it once was? Yes. I mean, no, it's not. I mean, I I don't watch it anymore. But on the level of people talking about it, yeah. Yeah. Just because it's still a big deal to host. It's still a big deal to be the music guest, in my okay. opinion. But um, and he did he did well. He he, he they they sounded good. And I say they because he's, I mean, you might as well just call Machine Gun, Kelly, Machine Gun Kelly a band. I mean, he does. He has been even before the pop punk stuff. So, But I want to just go ahead and take credit for his success. I predicted this. Um, I knew it was going to happen regardless of the pop punk album. I think this would have happened anyway. So, I have to imagine most of his credit. success and people hearing about him is from this show. Because we've talked about Machine Gun Kelly an ungodly amount on this oh, show. Man. So yeah, and I, I, you know, because, I apologize because, for doing it again. But. It's because of our millions and millions of listeners that his success has gotten so big. I expect something. I want a, pl- a platinum plaque for my bathroom <laughs> or a gold plaque. I want something. I want something. For um, your bathroom? Is that insulting? <laughs> not really. It's not? Yeah. I mean, if, well, if, you, if, you, if you went... If you had a platinum record and somebody had that and put that in their bathroom in their house, would that offend you? No, because I would have a platinum record. Are you kidding? <laughs> and it wouldn't matter. Okay, put it wherever you fucking want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, what was I? I don't remember what I was going to say. But, but so anyway, he's he's blown up, dude. And that's just this is just another example of how he's blown up. So. Well, I, I, I will give you this. Before this show, I was not the biggest fan of MGK, but also we started this show 
shortly before he became this new pop punk genre yeah. star, right? But like I said, before before this show, I didn't really, I guess I didn't put much thought into MGK really. But I've I've become not a serious fan, but I've I've definitely become a fan of this new MGK. So like the pop punk. Yeah, I am a fan of it. I I have listened Are to this this last album that he just put out several times, or just a once over. Uh, well. I, I gave it a once over and then songs that were kind of intrigued me. I would go back. I go back and listen to it a few times, including what's the name of the, the big one that everybody's talking about. The, I guess the last one, the last single that he put out, right? Mm-hmm. What's it called? He performed it on Saturday night. Uh, my ex's best friend, I think. Okay. That's not the song we're talking about then. My bloody Valentine. Okay. That, yeah. My bloody Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a uh, if you like, pop, I mean it's a pop punk record. It is a pro, it's I call it pop punk proper. You know, I think it is. I mean he's. It, so are you? Do you like other pop punk artists, or is this sort of a new introduction no, I, to I mean, the genre for you? Like, are you a Blink fan? Or are you a Newfound Glory yeah, fan? Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I, I am a fan of that that type of music. But when you, see, this is where I, you know a lot more about this than I do, like as far as what is considered pop punk and stuff like that. I might, I might, I don't have any off, off the top of my head, but I might name bands that you might look at me like that. Really? That's who you would say is pop punk? Do but, it. But no. Do it. Actually, the two, do it. actually, the two that you just named are the two that I would have named. So maybe I'm not too far off the track. Well, I mean, they're the. <laughs> I know, I know, I get it, I get it. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. But especially uh, Newfound Glory, I'm a big fan of Newfound Glory. Especially that okay. that first that Sticks and Stones album, the first, I guess it's the first major one that they put out, or the one the first no. one that got big. It, it, they had before that was. Yeah, I mean, they, it, no, I mean that one put them put them over the edge for sure. But they okay. had, yeah, I guess they were still a little bit unknown. They weren't unknown, but I mean, you had to be specifically. I guess that was before they hit the 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 MTV crowd, if okay. I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Is that the one with it's all downhill from here or whatever? Uh. Either way, uh, my so, my, yeah, my yeah. friends I mean, over you is the big one that I remember on that record. Um. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Okay. Because then they had a, the next uh, record. I think was like I think was called Catalyst. Damn. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. Go anyways, go ahead. I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not privy to the catalog. I mean, I I like them. I've seen them live a couple of times. They're really fun. I think they're a good band. It's just I I didn't. They're not. Same with Blink One Eighty Two. I didn't. Uh, I don't know what it is. Did you? Um, what about what about any of the, uh, the bands that were created out of Blink One Eighty Two, like Angels and Airwaves, and um. What was the other one? Boxcar Racer was that another band there was that was Boxcar Racer? There was Plus Forty Four. Yeah, right. Which okay. most people forget about that. Yeah. Um, no. Did, did I mean, you follow I mean, any of those? No. Each one of those bands you just named had a song or two that I liked, but I never went as far as like, you know, getting into the albums or anything like that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. But also, I, I'm not the biggest Blink fan, so like having an offshoot of that band. 
whether you know angels and airwaves i don't consider they that, that's a different sound i guess but yeah i as singers okay okay let me say this as singers i don't think either of the, the either of those two guys i'm not necessarily a fan of they're okay. good they're good at what they do for the sound but it's just not you know i just got into other stuff like i was one of i'm one of those i guess too cool for school people that was like yeah pop punk i like phoenix tx is my favorite like that was just the way I was never heard of I that guess. in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, yeah. Phoenix Either TX. Way. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. But they had a song with Mark Hoppus on it, you know, so they were around okay. that same time. Didn't get near as big, obviously. Uh, but it, it was just, I don't know. They always had more of a, a rock sort of punk vibe to me, less of a pop thing going on but you know i like pop music so it wasn't necessarily about that it's just they they struck me in a different way um i don't know but uh yeah machine gun kelly's uh, he's got the sound and i think because he's not and i said this before i think because he's not a pop punk singer necessarily he has turned into one but because his voice isn't the higher register of pop punk singing you know most people would consider Pop punk vocalists to be sort of nasally high pitched singers. I get it. Which, he's not that. He's not that at all. He's got a a, a bassy voice, uh, which I think makes the music cool. You know, that's yeah. probably why you like it because I think outside of pop punk, you're into more. Uh, stop me if I'm going down a wrong the wrong road here, but you're into more. Uh, but rock bands. How did I know that's what you were gonna say? So they typically, but, but dude, there's nothing wrong with that. But butt rock bands, the singers typically have a more mid range voice. I gotcha. So I think that strikes a chord with you. So, yeah. So, like, your metal is like your lower range voice, and then you got your middle, which is butt rock, and then normally pop punk, or maybe it's more the punk itself is the higher, higher range. Is this the tier we're making here? I don't know. Don't know? I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like metal proper, if we're talking like metal proper. Okay, give me, what do you, this is the second time you've mentioned proper at the end of something. What do you mean by that? I have that? no idea. Can you? <laughs> well, I only speak like, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I only okay. say that like, because that's what I imagine like the purists of those genres would say. Okay, that's why I use that word, and probably because they use it. But let me let me, let's make one thing clear: if you're metal, you're metal. I I don't care from what era. I don't care who calls you what. If you strike, if you evoke some sort of emotion in me, you know, if you move me in the slightest, I'm gonna like you. I don't care about genres. I don't care about you know, um, I don't care about that. Okay, but I would say metal proper. If we're talking about metal from Sort of, if you're going through the evolution of metal and you're going, say, like 30 years back, typically metal singers were higher pitched singers. But that's going way back. That's like Judas Priest, Dio. Like, that's way back. I got you. you. Know? And then I guess it got, uh, kind, I, it got kind of deeper. Well, like, okay, so, well, so like your, your hardcore metal, like what Slayer and bands like that, is that, was that before or after Judas Priest around the same time? Well, thrash came after Judas Priest, yeah. Oh, so that's not considered metal; it's considered thrash. 
Well, thrash metal, yeah. Okay, dude. I so, but 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 so like the evolution thr- of the thr- metal thr- thrash metal proper. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm not gonna say proper anymore. You made me realize I'm a fucking tool. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, the, the 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 evolution of the metal singer. I think it's gone through the phase of being a higher registered singing voice to like yeah, I said, more mid-range and, and then into screaming. Like once screaming became screaming, like what we know screaming to be today, I think it opened up the doors for uh, not only there to be different registers of screaming, but also now we're going to be screaming and singing, which a lot of metal bands will never do, though they think it's blasphemous for there to be singing, and I used air quotes on that, in in their songs. And these are bands... And, and, it sucks hearing that because as a vocalist, I would love to hear singing in some of these bands that I do like in some of their songs. I think it would, I think it would make it kind of cool, but what do I know? So something like, and I'm just using a, a band because it's our friends, but like Inimical Drive, something along those lines? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Would I like to hear that? Is that what you're asking? In some other band's yeah. music? Right. Uh, well, Sure, why not? Yeah, I like singing. I like, but I think Inimical Drive is incredibly catchy, whether Joel's yeah. screaming or singing. You know, I think they they have found their uh, found a groove as far as being melodic but still heavy, which I really love. You know, I love when bands do that. What about uh, like a bullet for my Valentine? Are they considered just butt rock to you, or are they pushing the lines of metal too? They're butt metal. Okay. <laughs> Someday I'm going to need you to make me a list and I'm going to need you to put all the different genres, quote unquote, genres of music on that. And then I need you to give me examples of bands that fall into that category. That way I, we can be on the same level whenever we're talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> with, with, yeah. Both from my Valentine I have a history with. So I say butt metal in the most insulting way when I'm talking about them. Oh, it's a bad history with them? Yeah. Yeah. But not willing to go into that, I guess. Maybe off the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't wanna Okay. I get it. I don't wanna I don't wanna upset anyone. Okay. Um which again that's you know do I have good reason? In retrospect if I'm looking back, it's been years and years. I'll probably like I should have just it's one of those situations where you go, if you look back on it, you go, God, I should have just handled that differently. Whatever. Fuck them. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking back on it, there are a lot of those situations too, where you ever like meet someone and you're like, at the time you, you think it, you don't think it went poorly, but you don't think it went well because they did something that kind of just rubbed you the wrong way. So you kind of just sort of were a little standoffish. You just kind of take a step back and go, okay, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have so many of those situations, especially with band guys. But we're twats. <laughs> I'm sure there are hundreds <laughs> of people that feel the same way about me. And I, I'll be the first to admit I'm antisocial because of severe anxiety and just issues being out in public. Uh, so I'm sure when people met me, they were kind of like, Jesus, this guy's a dick. I wasn't trying to be, and I've apologized. I've, I've, apologize to people that I'm like friends with now. Like the first time I met you, I was an asshole. I think I remember it. You know, like I'll say that to them and then they go, no, you're all right. I'm like, no, you can say it. I know I was an asshole. Uh, 
Well, I have so to, for those I, out there, I, 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 I just go ahead. So what I'm thinking about this is I'm thinking about like a, for a band member, depending on where you're at and what you're doing, like the setting is going to change your attitude in general, like depending on what the setting is. So if you're playing warp tour and it's 110 degrees outside and you have it and you have an interaction with a band who is just on there and it goes well, or it goes poorly could be because they're just in a pissed off mood and you know, feel shitty and because they just got off stage or whatever. Versus if you're playing the pageant where it's inside, but there's so many moving parts too. There's so many people that are involved in getting a band on stage and off stage and stuff like that. It just seems like it depends on the setting and it just, I mean, it's, it depends on the day really on like what, what kind of mood people are in. And if this is the only, uh, get, uh, the only uh, interaction that you have with one of those guys, it could yeah. go. It could go either way, but then you may be sour about it your entire life if you never meet them yeah. again and never get that. Hey, uh, I, I know you're an asshole. I know I'm. I was an asshole. You know, if you don't get that closure, you may just spend the rest of your life thinking, "Fuck that guy." Yeah, and uh, again, I'm sure people probably think that about me. Not that it matters. I don't matter. But um, and maybe they've moved on. They, I'm sure if you. Yeah. But I I learned to correct it though. I knew that I eventually would have to correct that because I was, and I actually learned that on Warped Tour. I saw a rather large, a rather well-known person be really shitty to some kids that all they wanted to do was just say, Hey dude, you fucking rocked. Like, can I get a, anything? And that person was an asshole. And I was like, God, now that I've seen that in action, like live, you always heard stories about it. But when I actually saw it, I was like, Oh God, and, and, and I was in no way anywhere close to sniffing the level of success that this person was experiencing. So I didn't know. I, I still don't know. Uh, but I just knew that, look, if I got people that are coming to see me, I'm going to be good to them. Even though it's going to make me, I'm going to feel weird about it at first. I might need a few drinks in me. I might need to, you know, smoke some weed, whatever. Uh, I might need five minutes, but like, I need, I need to be cool. And I actually, I... To be honest with you, I didn't learn that until probably way later than I should, but I kind of owe that all to, uh, you know, a former band member who put one of my bands together. Um, he didn't end up being in the band once the band kind of got to the level of where we thought we were at, which was good. But he was like, he preached like, Hey, we got to interact. We got to interact. We got to interact. We preached it. Um, we got to be at the merch table. We got to do this. We got to go say, take pictures. And I always thought it was at the beginning. I was like, well, that's kind of douchey, man. Unless someone asks me, I'm not going to assume that they want to meet me, you know, but this is a perfect transition into, he's like, dude, we were performers. We need to keep, we need to be rock stars. We need to project this sort of, this essence of, of not so much success, but we love doing this. You should love it too. That type of thing. Having fun. Like I mentioned in the last podcast. Yeah. You know, like MGK was talking about, that's what we were talking about. Well, okay. You know, this is what interests me about this conversation though, is that you just like me have seen though, like when you're, when you're at a show and you look over at a merch booth and there's that one or two guys that are in the band that are sitting at the merch booth, just like on their phones and nobody's going over to the merch booth. Like put your phone down. I mean, I mean, there's that, but that's not even like what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 
you know, you're saying that this guy preached, we need to be at the merch booth, we need to meet people in this, that, and the other, but how does it look if nobody's coming to your merch booth and you're just standing there? I, well, do that's, something to get them there. Yeah. And that's what we did. We'd There's have people that, yeah. dress up in green man costumes, chicken suits. I mean, anything to draw attention, that's what we did, you know? Um, which, again, I think it pissed a lot of bands off that had to have a merch table next to us. Because they're because you're drawing people away from their merch booth. Yeah, I guess there's sort of these unwritten rules about how how far. You, but dude, look, if you ever go to see a, a bigger band at a venue, say like Pops or something, and you look at their merch tables, it's a display. It's it's an attraction. Yeah, it has to be, dude. That's how you make your money, especially now. It just has to be. Um. So yeah, I mean it probably it probably pissed some people off, but I don't know. I can't I can't apologize for that now because it, it taught me the valuable lesson of not to be shitty to people. Well, but that's you also know? people looking at it as okay, this band is trying to pull, you know, audience members or crowd away from us when it's not. It's just you were trying to get attention on you. They could be doing the same sure. thing. Yeah, man. Well, look, dude. Again, gotta have fun. We got to make money. We got to, we got to, I want as many people to hear our music as possible. Right. You know, but you didn't you, look if a band was playing. No, we weren't on a megaphone, like saying, come to our merch table. That's fucking, that's rude. <laughs> Who would do that? Yeah. It would be in between sets. It would be, you know, like there, there was a, there were, there were, like I said, unwritten rules as to what you did and what you didn't do. We tried to follow those as, uh, to as specific as possible. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's funny you said that too. Like fans don't know, like, hey, they they might be having a bad day, but also they don't care, you know. Yeah. Um, they just don't. They don't think like that. I remember you said that, and it made me think of a specific situation where, uh, again, a, a band bigger than so these so these kids come up to me and one other person in my band, and they're like, hey, you guys were you guys did great. Oh, thank you. You know, appreciate it. To shook their hand, whatever. And they go, hey, do you know, and I'm not going to name the the guy in the band, but do you know such and such from this band? And like, are you friends with them? And we're like, well, we know, I mean, we know them. They're like, are they back? Because we were in a backstage area. I don't know how these kids got back there. And so they go, can you go get them and bring them over here? And I was like, ooh, um, no. But I'll tell you what I will do. If I do see him and you guys are still around, I'll direct him to where you are. And if he feels like coming over, then he'll come over. Right? So, see the guy. <laughs> I don't say a word to him. And I think the kids saw me see him and oh, didn't say geez. anything to him. Right? I could tell he was in a bad mood. I get it. I could yeah. tell. And I also don't, I don't expect him to know who the fuck I am. You know what I mean? That's the other thing. That's the way my brain works. Like people are like, why didn't this asshole say hi to me? It's because I don't have to, like, I don't want to stop you and go, hey, I'm such and such. And I'm not going to expect you to remember who I am if you've met me once. I know that's a weird way of thinking. Like, just say, hey, bro, uh, whatever. Like, I get it. But I, that's just the way my weird brain works. So, like, um, so I think the kids saw me not say anything to him. So then they just started shouting his name. And I think he finally went, motherfucker, fine. So he walks over and they go, hey, such and such, that dude said we could pull you up. I was like, God oh, damn it. Oh, dude. So he, 
so he actually came up and said something to me and the we were, I was with my entire band now. He goes, Hey man, why did you tell? I go, dude, I, I promise you I didn't. Right. I, I told them that if you weren't busy and if you like, I said, I would go, look, you looked like you were busy. You looked like you were kind of doing something. I, I didn't want to bother you. He goes, all right, well I do. And I'm, I'm like, and, but also I'm thinking like, Hey, fuck face. You already went over there. You already made their day. Why are you lecturing me about what I need to be doing? I didn't say anything, obviously, but obviously I talked shit about him when he left, like a little bitch. Um, but I, in the moment, I was like, "Hey, asshole! Like, dude, you, you know, those kids like, like they, they like your band more than mine. You know what I mean? I had to project this sort of like coolness, like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll talk to him for you. You know? When I, clearly they didn't give a shit about me. They were just I, using me to get to you. Yeah, like, I, I get it. But if you were in the shoes of that guy. I do. I completely you, get it. That's you what would, I'm saying. You would, have felt, what I'm... you would have felt the same way. Like if somebody else, if you thought that, if you were in a bad mood or you were busy doing something else no, and I, you thought that, that somebody else that promised people that you would go see them when you don't even base, you don't even know me. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I could see why he, no, I, he was, he was upset about it, but it was also a miscommunication. Those kids just pretty much lied. Well, I, I don't know. Sort of. I mean, whatever. But I mean, they got their hopes up. I mean, I mean, I gave them a CD. They probably use it as a fucking ashtray. I don't I'm fucking know. But um, no, they're vaping. No, they're vaping these days. Yeah, they don't need yeah. an ashtray. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I. But the reason that I told that story is I understood both sides of it. I understood. I understand now his frustration in the moment, and I understand that those 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 kids don't think about it the same way we do. They don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not their fault. Why should they? It's not their job to to worry about. You know, a lot of people say they should, but it's not a fan's job to worry about what type of mood you're in. It's it's not there. That should not be a part of their decision making, a part of their level of uh, understanding. Now, should they? Yeah, you know that's why I get so weird about meeting people too. Like, uh, I don't, I dude. I'm terrified of meeting like people that I consider to be heroes or like I actually looked up to influential. Yeah. Um, did I tell you the Brandon from Incubus story? Have I told you that story? I don't think so. You sure? Well, look, if, Maybe. If, if, for, to the, to the millions of listeners we have, if I'm repeating a story here, I apologize. But so I'm, I'm, I'm at a festival and that I played Incubus was playing it. And I'm backstage and another member of another band who's not an incubus, but just another band that was playing it sees me and he says, hello. And this was someone that I was, had met before and actually had a conversation with so that it wasn't awkward. And like, it was, you know, Hey dude, what's up? So he goes, he goes, Hey man, if you see Brandon back here, are you, are, isn't he like your, aren't they like your favorite band? Like, are you going to like talk to him? And I'm like, fuck no i'm not gonna say a fucking word to that guy are you kidding me he goes oh dude i'm gonna fucking say something i love incubus like if i see him i'm like okay dude you do that i'm not please no don't (laughs) don't even so fast forward to i guess maybe a couple of hours later i'm sitting at a table eating with people from my band and other people i look up and who's talking to brandon that fucking guy and I was like, oh, my God, please no. Please don't let him see me. Please don't. And so sure enough, I'm looking. I'm like, guys, is he looking over here? They're like, no. And I'm like, guys, is he looking over here? They're like, dude, would you shut up? <laughs> oh, shit, he just looked at you. And then so the dude and the other band is like, hey, man, come over here. He's like oh, calling me over. Man. He's like, 
and I have an Incubus tattoo right here, right? Uh-huh. And he goes, show him your tattoo. I have told him about your tattoo. Show him your tattoo. I'm like, this motherfucker. So I, dude, I probably look so ridiculous. So I walk over there with my head down, like my tail between my legs. Like, hey. He's like, Brandon, this is Patrick. And I'm like, hey, Brandon, nice to meet you. And I was like, yeah, here's my light grenades tattoo. Like, it was so awkward. He, dude, Brandon was super cool. He was super nice. So I probably make it more of it than it was, but I felt so fucking. Awkward. But God, that guy had to make you feel so douchey, because it because in that like in that situation doesn't yeah. it make it seem like you put this on, or like you went through somebody else to get to Brandon, kinda. Possibly. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I don't. That's... I, I don't know. I just felt so. Oh, I felt so lame. Um, and there have been a couple of situations like that. Um. Met Sonny from POD when I was roofied. Nice. That was my first interaction with him. That's great. R- roofied? Uh, by, okay, you can't just gloss yeah, was, over I, that. Yeah. Well, we forgot to mention again at the top of the show that we do have a guest uh, for this show. But I'll tell this story real quick. I got roofied. Uh, at, uh, I got roofied. Um, <laughs> I don't think the person tried to roofie me. I think they tried to roofie one of the many females sitting around me. And I'm not saying that like I'm some pimp. It's just so happened that that's what was happening at the time. And I grabbed the wrong cup. And yeah. Yikes. And, um, yeah. Well, we'll, so, we'll have to talk about that feeling later. <laughs> oh, dude, it's terrible. It's I terrible. I bet. Someone wanted to fuck me. They could have. Let me just, <laughs> for all those that are wondering, like, do roofies really work? Or what, what does that really do to you? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. If someone wanted to fuck me, they could have. I would not have, <laughs> I would not have been able to stop them. I couldn't move my fingers, dude. I couldn't. I, dude, I, th- that's the story of Sonny bumping into me. I f- started feeling really shitty. I was like, God, I feel sick. Then I tried to get up and I couldn't walk. So I crawled to the bathroom in this backstage area. And the door swings open and I'm down on the ground. And it's Sonny from P.O.D., and one of my band members was following me, and he just goes to my band member. He goes, homeboy's fucked up. And then my band member picked me up and got me to a toilet. I passed out on the floor, face down, at a backstage bathroom at a festival. That's, yes. for one, very gross. Yeah. And for two... Couldn't get myself off and, the floor. And for two, anytime if you ever played or shared the same stage with P.O.D., did you, did you again, did you ever play on the same stage as them again? Uh, twice. Uh. twice. Did you ever get to talk he to him? Remember, he didn't. No, he didn't remember me. Uh, yeah, I talked to him, but yeah, he didn't remember me. He had okay. no idea. Well, that's good. That's yeah, good. But I'm, I'm certainly not going to tell him. Like, hey, dude, <laughs> remember that uh, one time? <laughs> remember that one time? Yeah. But no, I, yeah, no, he didn't remember. And he was cool. Um, but yeah, he was like, homeboys fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not one of my finer moments. But yeah, roofies work. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't broadcast that, but. I was fucked up. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. So anyway, uh, let's pause. I'm going to take a bathroom break, and then we're going to bring on our guest. Sounds great. Just want to take a minute here to remind you that the CEP Network has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It is that easy. And now we're going to play the latest track from Dave Velk and Bria Scow called Could Be Worse, and that's going to lead us into the interview. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
And I'm feeling out of place Wear it on my sleeve You can see it on my face Play low Real low Used to go to every party Now I'm posted up Chilling at home Baby, what you thinking about? I see you staring at the clouds again Sun going down And my heart pounds Knowing it'll all just come to an end Yeah, still looking for friends But not imaginary ones And I don't want to pretend Attention all, open-minded, kind-hearted folks Let us come together, sit around the fire telling jokes Keep it stoked while we reminisce Holding on to memories, you know that we'll remember this Having a ball All hands on deck, we need to lift each other up We've been fighting instead Sorta awkward and I'm feeling out of place Wear it on my sleeve, you can see it on my face Play low Real low Used to go to every party, now I'm posted up, chilling at home To attend another somber day spent saying bye to a friend. I don't ever take them for granted. Try to cherish every moment on this wonderful planet. I got a platform now, so I'm taking advantage. I'd like to take a little pressure off this life that you manage and just take a break from all the angst and just say thanks. Uh, I want to go to the bank, fill up all my friends' accounts just to send them a thanks. With all the smack they talk to keep me at ease In these phases of delirium, that's all I need, yes indeed Agree to disagree, these battles aren't meant to be promised Yeah, no lie like honestly Let's just try to live the rest of our lives consciously Sorta awkward and I'm feeling out of place Wear it on my sleeve, you can see it on my face Play low, real low Used to go to every party, now I'm posted up, chilling at home What up, world? We're back. This is episode 53 of Raisin on the Radio. As we mentioned, we have some very special guests now, plural, with us. It was guests, but it is plural. We have Dave Velk, musicians Dave Velk and Bria Scow. Did hey I get guys. the name right, Bria? Yes. Okay, good. Oh, yeah, I'm so worried about fucking that up. <laughs> Most people don't um, get it right on the first try, but you right, did. Cool. So, nice job. I was practicing in my brain the entire time. So guys, <laughs> thank you for joining. We appreciate it. And uh, also, the single's great. Just came out on Friday. Um, could be worse. Awesome song. We've, we've quickly become fans of yours, Dave, and yours, Bria, now. Um, we, we love the music. So talk about the single real quick. I mean, I know, you, Dave, you've mentioned on social media, it's a very special one to you. So why is that? Yeah. Um, so I only – so we work at a comedy club. Bria and I work at a comedy club, Acme Comedy Company. It's like oh, yeah. one of the premier clubs in the Midwest. And uh, – I'm a, I'm a comedian, and when the pandemic hit, um, I had to have a creative outlet or I just 
go insane. And I've always written uh, rap since I was a teenager, but I never really released it. So I started writing because I was just bored out of my mind. And I wrote a song and I thought it was good. That was not could be worse. And then uh, I started writing and I wanted a vocalist. So I shot um, a status out on my Facebook, just looking for a female vocalist. And Brio was the second person that I worked with. Uh, the first one didn't quite work out. As soon as I heard her sing, she took some of my choruses and did her own thing with it. And I, it was such a moment. Like I, I almost started crying because of what she was wow. doing with my music and turning it into something else. So from that moment on, I'm like, she's that she's she's the one you know she's the thing so uh after that literally that night so we met at our friend's studio realized it was gonna work and after we left their studio we're like well what are you what are you doing right now should we just keep working on this stuff and uh yeah. we went to her apartment and we started listening to beats and that was the inception of could be worse mm -hmm. um started writing it. Brio wrote one line and then I was like, all right, I'm going to go home and finish it. And the next day he came back and he was like, Hey, listen to the song. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah. So those lines about another funeral I have to attend. And, uh, the last four years I've had a friend die every, every year. Um, where I'm from, I'm from Denver originally. Uh, and I was, involved in a lot of bad shit, um, a lot of drugs and alcohol. And a lot of my friend group from that time didn't make it out. And so to make it out and for them not to and kind of represent my town and my friends that didn't make it is is super important to me. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful shit. So you also said, so I wanted to bring this up again. So because of that journey, you went from Denver to Minneapolis, but you said you stopped in Missouri along the way. Why was that? Yeah, well, you know, my road to uh, being a better person was a long road with a lot of bumps in it. So um, my first attempt to get clean was going to Missouri to live with my best friend out there. Shout out to Zach Conley, Una Vida Tequila. Uh, <laughs> but I went out there to get clean and I stayed out there for a year. Um, we called it misery, no offense, because uh, there was not much to do. <laughs> I, we I get it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I got clean, and I, I ended up going back to Denver and just struggling with it on and off for years. So it's been a long road. So you, so you said Could Be Worse was the first track that you guys did together? So White, White Lies, that's the other one, right? Is that, that was written after? White Lies, I, I wrote after Could Be Worse. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, and we kind of had a release strategy and and what we should give people first. We didn't want to give them all the goods right to begin with, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, is there like an EP set up for the future or anything like that? Or are you just trying to do singles at a time? Everything we've read, uh, I've read in, in, in music business stuff, just pretty much says go with singles, like one a month. People's... Uh, I don't want to put it out an EP when, when I'm not as known and then people listen to one song if they don't like the first one and they don't listen to the rest, you know? Right. And it's like we're dabbling in so many different styles right now and we're learning so much stuff that it's just singles logistically work the easiest for us too. Just then we can taste a little bit of each and see what our style is because I'm kind of new to the game, so. We're rookies to this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So what are some of your, so I mean, being rookies and sort of exploring different styles, what are some of your, just if you had to name them immediately, immediate musical influences that you have? You go first. Um, yeah, so I, when it comes to hip hop, um, anywhere from like Nas, Method Man, uh, Biggie, Tupac, Mac Miller, um, Tribe Called Quest, my influences in, in rap went all over the map because I listened to new stuff and old stuff. Like I went through the Nelly and the Chameleon Air phases in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. uh, and then I grew up on like metal um, before I listened to rap. So Metallica, Iron Maiden, uh, Event Sevenfold, a lot of harder stuff. And now I listen to like more than hip hop, I listen to really soft stuff. I listen to Boney Bear was like the person I listened to the most this last year. Okay. So it's all over the map. I think that's why our style is like vary so much. Yeah. Because mine is like, I'm what, six years younger than you? Yeah. So mine is like a singer songwriter kind of Amy Winehouse R&B style. I like the the 80s hairband music too is a really big part of like my childhood because that's what my parents listen to all the time so i think that plays kind of like a powerful role in the way that i sing okay but yeah like right now the lumineers um bone bear we love black keys lumineers billy eilish mm -hmm. and her brother phineas i'm obsessed with <laughs> their youtube videos i can't get enough so okay. so what so the track could be worse than music video. What's the, uh, so basically just the, the environment that you set up for that music video. Is there a reasoning for that? Or was it mainly just, you want to see you guys and feel the words of the music? Yeah, no. So with the video, I wanted to capture the whole, like I used to party and now I'm content just like staying home. Nice. And so it was like being at home, writing, reflecting, and then I just wanted my friends involved in the in the performance. So those are just like that. Those are people involved in my team. So I, I just I just think that uh, being with the friends gave it like another intimate feeling to it, separate from just being me. Right. How long have you been doing stand up comedy? Uh, stand up. I was only a year in when I okay. uh, when the pandemic hit. So kind of what happened was. I wrote music since I was like 14, just like songs, um, just rap. And it wasn't until comedy that I really learned how to like put all of the effort into my craft. So I learned like I was rehearsing and practicing and writing all the time. So when I applied that same effort to the thing that I've been doing my entire life, I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? You know, sorry, can I curse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Fine. We're, we're terrible. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm terrible. He's not that bad. Yeah, to okay. say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what What have I been doing? Like, comedy is awesome. And, and, and that's not something that I'm going to give up. But it's like, why didn't I just continue doing like what I'm already ahead at, you know? Yeah, for sure. So were you, so, I mean, were you doing ahead, comedy before you started at Acme or is that like, did you start as like a door guy or something like that? Or how, how's that? Yeah. So I'm, I was living an hour away from Minneapolis and, uh, I had a, a corporate job selling glasses and I was miserable and I tried stand up there a couple times cause my roommate got me to, and I, I was hooked. So 
from that moment on, I was just like, I need to leave this job and like follow my dreams, move to Minneapolis because there's nothing for me here. So were you hooked because it was really, you had a really good set at the very beginning or were you hooked because you didn't do well and you wanted to be good at it? You know, so actually like my first set went really good. I was very prepared. Um, I killed it. And then my second set, I got cocky and I thought, I'm just good at this. So I didn't prepare as much and I fucking bombed. <laughs> um, but I was hooked from both of those things. Nice. The bombing is so mortifying that you, you're like, I have to redeem myself. Yeah. Yeah. You have those moments on stage as, a, as an artist, as a musician as well. So I, I can imagine that that's only going to help moving forward. Um, I've been there. Um, so who are some of your influences when it comes to comedy? Um, favorites at the top are Tom Segura, uh, Louis C.K., uh, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Uh, love Jesselnick, man. I, all over the map. I like really fucked up humor. <laughs> Jesselnick's one of your favorites, right, Colt? He is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we, we're both giant. I mean, we talk about, actually talk about stand-up comedy on the show probably more than we should because we don't know a thing about it other than that we're fans. <laughs> we talk like we know the biz. Um, just because we follow all these guys like Segura and Joe Rogan and Jesselnick and yeah. all those guys. Um, so that's it's actually funny that you also do stand-up comedy along with music because it's, they're just two two very large topics of our show, topics of conversation on our show or both of those things. So that's perfect. perfect. Yeah. perfect. <laughs> so uh, how, how, are, how soon do you feel you'll be back to either doing comedy and I'm, this is sort of pandemic-based mm -hmm. question here, but how soon do you feel you'll be back to doing comedy or even performing? Have you performed at all? Because I know people have found these loopholes as far as performing goes. We've had it. We've had a few friends here do some very odd, odd shows with people there, but it somehow it worked, I guess. But so has has that even been an option for you in Minneapolis? Um. So we had one little. We we rented out a bar. Our friends rented out a bar. Um, to have like a private little thing for a friend's birthday. Beyond that, we've performed once. So when it comes to comedy and music right now, the, the music is kind of taking off and I'm just, I just am itching to perform it on stage. Yeah. So that's going to be the next thing. And yeah. we don't, we don't know. We don't know how soon, but we're going to have a bunch of music ready for whenever they're ready for us. Yeah. yeah. Have you had any venues open up out there and, and like on a small, like I said, like sort of a limited capacity basis or is it everything shut down? So yeah, places are opening. Comedy club has been open uh, at a limited capacity. They have shields uh, up between people. Um, but no, I, I don't think the music open mics are back up yet. Nothing and not like the main music menus either. Those are still closed. Yeah. It gets a little warmer outside and people can put on some gear. Then we can stand outside and perform. But until then, I think we're just busting our asses, like trying to get stuff piled up so that when we can perform, we can showcase what we've been working so hard at. Yeah. So are you guys going to officially like make it sort of a duo type approach? when you start playing shows or is it going to be we're separate artists, but we work together often. So here's this package. Are you going to package it as like, we're, we're a duo. I think that uh, our plan is to do both. So yeah. be our single artist and then also have a, um, a duo that we're mm -hmm. still trying to think of a name for. So 
<laughs> you got any suggestions? Anybody? What do you got? Give him a name right now. Come on. Oh, I don't have any names on the top of my head, but what I'm thinking about is like when you're doing something solo is you in that cowboy hat and a robe on stage trying to trying oh, to yeah, pull man. something off. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to keep it interesting. There's so many like sides to it, you know? Right. So do you, uh, are you a, a Little Dicky fan at all? Yeah, yeah, I love Little Dicky. Um, I have think you already I, started getting the comparisons of of course, man. Yeah. People okay. are like, you know who you remind me of, and they wait for me to say it, and I'm like, I'm not gonna say it. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, don't don't, don't give them that satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, like I've gotten it before, and I totally get it, and it makes sense. Uh, I I make little like Jewish jokes because my mom's Jewish, and uh, obviously a lot of comedic influence in my rap. But then like, little Dicky's not doing shit like could be worse at all. So there's like so much, I have his style, but there's so much more to it. And there's so much that people haven't even heard yet. Yeah. I'm, al so I'm always, I'm always hesitant about doing what you just did. Like I, I see how you didn't try to compare him. You like, you tried to make him say it too. Like <laughs> I never, you, I have you heard of a little <laughs> yeah. Like I never, well, I never want to so be that. I never want to be that guy who asks and then insults that person. Like, no, I hate yeah. that guy. <laughs> Dude, that's a compliment, man. He's he's extremely talented, you know. Yeah. Well, I the the only reason I ask that is because of the comedian turn or yeah. you know, comedian turning to to well, especially hip hop, because he tells his story the same way. He's like, I, I I was at work in a job I hated, but I always thought I was funny, but I didn't necessarily want to do stand up, so I chose music. Um, but if I'm picking like, and this is just opinion, but if I'm picking someone that I think you sound like, and it's what attracted me to your style immediately, Colt, you're probably with me, maybe not. Um, I think you sound like Aesop Rock, which is both yeah. one of our one of our favorite artists. Damn. I've gotten that too, man, and that's also a giant compliment. Because I hope so because we both love it, it man. <laughs> and that's Minnesota, so yeah. atmosphere, Aesop Rock, and and conscious yeah. lyrics, you know, like actually talking about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I, the first time I heard you, that's the that's the vibe that I got, and that's what made me keep listening. So, cool, uh, dude. Just keep yeah. those compliments coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that all day. I appreciate that. And uh, sure. yeah, but well, little Dicky, it's like all right. Both of our names are Dave. Uh, the Jewish thing. I'm a moron. The comedic <laughs> thing. Like the comparisons are there. So. I don't know. I think uh, over time, people will just realize that it's a completely different thing and they can enjoy both of us. Gotcha. For sure. Do you have, so let me ask this. Have you, probably not, but so have you toured at all with you either with, because you said, well, how you said you were doing stand-up for what, a year, a year before? Comedy, so I was like just starting to gain steam. But when I say gain steam, I mean like just starting to get like seven minute sets instead of three and five minute sets. The comedy it can be fast, but generally it's such a slow snowball. So, yeah, no, I was not at the point of touring. I've never okay. toured. It's, it's my, uh, it's my dream. <laughs> yeah, you hear you hear those stories about like even the big biggest name comedians how they started out, and it's like I was a door guy for you know a year, and then I started hosting a little bit, and then I got to be you know the middle guy, and you know it takes it seems like it takes a unless you just pop and blow up immediately somehow. You know, it's it's a yeah. long ride to the top. Well, even the guys that do well for a long time, like take Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer was headlining clubs for a decade, 
before he came out with the machine story. Right. He puts machine story out on Facebook. It goes viral and he blows up and it's just crazy how you could tour across the country and be pretty popular, but like really no one knows who you are that doesn't go to see comedy. Right. So it's a, it can be a decade long thing. That's what they say. Like you're not a comedian until like 10 years in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Social media has completely changed it, especially so that but my next question was going to be, so with music, are you planning as soon as you can, obviously to tour with it? Um, you know, and what the approach was going to be. And because uh, I know like just we have so many, so many friends that also talk, talked about how not being able to tour right now, but still staying active on social media, which, it you know, it's, you do. So it's vitally important to just keeping people interested, having consistent content and stuff like that. So, I mean, being able to have both, I think, is going to help you tremendously. Do you agree with that? I totally agree. Um and to be honest, right now, we didn't know when that ball gets rolling again with live performances. So this has been a blessing to learn the social media side. Mm-hmm. Um, my social media has doubled in the last two months um, as far as reach and following. And we're learning that so that when we are touring, we don't have to focus on all that as much. And it's kind of already like a routine. But I agree, just equally as important. Yeah, yeah. You meant you mentioned earlier yeah. that like you when you you guys kind of talked about should we just keep on working on this and you went back to her apartment and you were listening to beats and stuff like that. As far as the beats go, where do you where are you finding these at, or or are you making them on your own or? So they vary. Um, I since I was fourteen years old, I've been getting beats from YouTube, and uh, they link you to websites and you buy the rights, certain amount of rights to them. Um, and then recently, so we have a team, we have a couple guys that also make beats. So we'll go between all of our outlets. Like we just met another producer in Spain. So honestly, like, I don't care where I get them. Like I'm just itching for, for, for beats. So I go a lot of different avenues and we just, um, began our start to learning how to make our own. Nice. The, where the music video was shot is the school that we record at. Um, It's been shut down during the pandemic. So they're in there every day, him and his producer, Neil. um, They're in there every day, like a nine to five job. Uh, Meanwhile, I have an office job right now. So that's (laughs) a little painful for me, but we're figuring that side of it out. Um, Another really fun part of the story is, yeah, where we record, that's another like the stars just aligned because our friend Neil was a he's an assistant teacher at the school when the pandemic hit they obviously closed and they they were going to shut down and all the students or not the students the teachers band together to uh, help pay the rent oh wow so yeah so as a, an outcome of that the the owner basically just said listen you guys are paying the rent we're not having people come in physically for classes. So you guys can use the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so Neil and I are there Monday through Friday from 10 to six, 10 to seven. And, and I can only imagine how much money that studio time would be. So. Right. For sure. Yeah. You can't beat that. Forever grateful. And we're learning a lot of the technical side too, from being there so much with recording our own stuff, making our own beats. Um, this is just like the start of us learning and we've gotten this far in 
four or five months. So nice. we're excited. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, every every time we have uh, musicians on, most of them, I would say most so far, have said, yeah, I'm just doing it all myself. Forget mm -hmm. about this and that. And working with other people, obviously collaborating is good, but like most of them have been like, I had to learn to do it myself. It's just cheaper. It's yeah. I can get more done. I can do all this. So they, yeah, that's great that you guys are taking that approach. And yeah. So before we get out of here, please, by all means, give our listeners everywhere they can find you guys, everything they can listen to, blast, blast the socials, the YouTube, tell them, where they, tell them where they can find you. The shameless plug. You can find us both. Uh, I'm on all platforms at Dave Belk. That's D as in fucking little dicky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. No, 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 no. I feel no, like no, an no, asshole no. now. <laughs> Dude, not at all. Uh, so that's D-A-V-E space V-E-L-K. That's on all platforms, YouTube, Spotify. Um, your turn. Uh, and for me, uh, everything's under Bria Scow. So B-R-E-A-S-C-O-W um, on Facebook, Spotify. Um, I'm on YouTube. Don't have a lot there yet, but we'll get there. Uh, Instagram for sure. Cool, cool. Nice. Well, we're definitely going to try to get as many people there for you guys. We're going to be looking forward to new music. Like I said, we have quickly become fans, so we wish you nothing but the best. And please, by all means, come back on um, after something else comes out or if you just want to chat about uh, the Broncos. This this dipshit down here is a Broncos <laughs> fan. So you guys I would rather that. not chat about the Broncos. <laughs> okay. Can you give me give me like a couple of rebuilding years and then we'll revisit this subject? <laughs> exactly, man. Hey, man, I volunteer got, football talk because I'm a Browns fan, so I no one knows misery like I do. That's right, man. We can't we can't thank you guys enough. Um, this has been amazing, just giving us the opportunity to, even if we're uh, spreading the word to YouTube. You know what I mean? We mm -hmm. just we just want to speak to people. So thank you guys so much. We absolutely, it. yeah. Thanks for coming on. You guys have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank guys. you. Thank yep. you. See ya. Bye, guys. <laughs>